That was done a little tongue-in-cheek, but um, today we're talking about real-life Christianity, and we don't want to get bogged down in what facades that we have. A lot of times we'll come into church and we'll, we'll pretend to be something we're really not, and Christianity is supposed to be where the rubber meets the road. It's supposed to be following Jesus. And so today we're, in, <clears throat> we're still in the book of James, the first chapter. If you have your Bibles, please turn there today. Now, the book of James was written by the half-brother of Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. Written in the early 40s, he wrote to primarily Jews who were Christians as, as at that time. It was so early in the spread of Christianity that it had not been widely adopted by non-Jews, who were also called Gentiles. And James encouraged his readers to live consistent Christian lives in the midst of persecution for their faith in Christ. James chapter 1, verse 19, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version this morning, and it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Can you turn me down just a little bit, Chance? For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today and just ask for your blessing. Lord, I got a tickle in my throat. I ask that you take care of that so that it may not be a distraction to those that are hearing your word. Lord, your word is life. Your word is truth. Forgive us, Lord, where we have fallen short and help us to live the way you would have us. In Jesus' name, the strong Son of God in the church said, Amen. Chance, I've got some ringing up here. I don't know why. It's like a feedback of some kind. Maybe you can just turn it down just a little more. Maybe a lot more. I don't know. All right. Today's life principle is the Christian should be ruled by purity, not selfishness or wrath. First of all, don't be ruled by wrath. Well, we'll find out what wrath is. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You know, this section begins with, so then, so then. Which means, because of all the things that came before it, James is referring to what he wrote. All those things. 
What did we discuss last time we were together? Trials, temptations, hard times. He calls them the beloved brethren as well. He said, you are beloved. Who are the beloved? Why are they beloved? Who beloves them? Well, by God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In John 15, 12, he said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Jesus says to his disciples that they are not just mere servants, but they are friends. Not only that, he says the disciples didn't choose him. He chose the disciples. So by this we know James is talking about the saved here. In the scripture, he's talking about the Christian. Those that have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Now James gives us the best piece of advice with dealing with the things he talked about before, which are trials, which are temptations. How do we deal with them? How do we deal with people? He gives us the best advice he could have possibly given us. He says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You know, things don't always go our way. Do you ever notice that? It happens a lot. A lot of times it's because we want to have it our way. Well, this ain't Burger King, and, and God ain't going to give it to you your way. So in the midst of dealing with others, we should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. They say when it comes to children, don't discipline out of anger. You know, the same is true when dealing with others. Don't talk to people when you're angry. And it can be hard to train yourself to do it, but make it a matter of prayer. There have been many times I wished I'd follow the, this command in Scripture. This isn't advice, that, just mere advice. This is a command. Be slow to speak, or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. You know, I wish I'd follow that every time, but I haven't. But if I had, then not only would things not blow up, I wouldn't have had to repent before God and then apologize to others. That's called eating crow. James 1.20 says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Do you really think that our angry outburst is going to bring God's righteousness about any situation? You're not God. Don't try to take care of anything right at the time you're angry. Pray about it. Say, I'm going to have to talk to you about whatever the situation is later. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Romans 12.9 says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And that last one was out of the New Living Translation. I just like how that, that sums it up a little, little better. You know, it's not up to you to correct 
in anger. It's not up to you when somebody has done you wrong to even try to make it more what you would like. It's up to God. Funny story, I was in high school and uh, I got bullied by this one kid all the time. And uh, one day I got mad and I looked at him because he was making fun of me reading the Bible. I looked at him and I said, you know what? God's going to take care of you. And I left it at that. He got into an accident that afternoon. He wasn't hurt, except his pride in his car. Didn't say a word about it the next day. Then one day, weeks go by, and then one day, kid goes, I hope it doesn't rain. I said, well, maybe the Lord wants it to rain. Maybe I should pray for rain, just being joking. And the kid who got in the accident said, don't, because what you pray for happens. And he meant it. I thought, well, the Lord took care of that one, didn't he? (laughs) You know, he didn't pick on me as much after that. (laughs) James 1.21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Because we need to act right before each other. As Christians, we should lay aside all filthiness in our character. Now this includes losing your temper, saying dirty jokes, wrong language, etc. And receive with meekness. And what does he call it? The implanted word of God. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. What is meekness? Too often we have in our minds that meekness is weakness. No, meekness, scripturally speaking, is power under control in humility before God. A lot of times we forget that last part. Power under control in humility before a holy God. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Only through meekness, which includes humility, can we receive and have the implanted word of God. What is the implanted word? Notice it says implanting, meaning it has been given. It has taken root in our lives. It's become a part of us. This goes beyond knowing the Bible, but putting the principles, the commands found therein into daily use. Notice I said daily use. It becomes a part of who you are. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. How awesome it is that this scripture was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Before this time, you could not have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. But after this time, you have the Holy Spirit in us, quickening our lives to make us what he wants us to be. Quickening our lives to make these laws, these truths, these commands come alive and active as being very part of us. The person who says they're a Christian 
but there's no fruit. And you know what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? In Galatians 5.22, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, guidance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And it says, against such there is no law. I mean, none at all. I mean, somebody who has none of that, but they say, I'm a Christian. They have an attitude that holiness is not something to be attained. They want their fire insurance because they don't want to go to hell, but they don't want to have it all. So they say a prayer, they get baptized, and they tell people they're good, and they move on. Guess what? Those people aren't Christians, folks, because there's no sign of the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We can say that definitively. Christianity is about Letting the Holy Spirit make you into who He wants you to be. It's about receiving Christ as everything. Not just for fire insurance. These kinds of people can hide in a, in a church. They can. Small church, big church alike. A lot of times you'll hear, well, that's just brother so-and-so being brother so-and-so. No, that's just brother so-and-so needing Jesus. That's what that is. These kind of people can hide in a church. But you know what they don't hide from? God. He knows. These people need Jesus to save their souls. And only the implanted Word of God can do this. To save our souls and to straighten out our rotten minds, even for the Christian, we need the Word of God to straighten us out. We need the Word of God to make us live a holy life. Speaking of rotten minds, remember what Romans 12.2 says. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Speaking of wrath, here are some uh, comments that you shouldn't say to someone when you're angry. Number one, your kid is so annoying he makes his happy meal cry. I'm not insulting you. I'm describing you. You're like a cloud. When you disappear, it's a beautiful day. I've seen people like you before, but I had to pay admission. I was hoping for a battle of wits, but you appear to be unarmed. Jealousy is a disease. Get well soon. This one's for the ladies. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Hate me because your boyfriend thinks so. People like you are the reason I'm on medication. Who ate your bowl of sunshine this morning, thundercloud? You fear success, but you really have nothing to worry about. These are things you shouldn't say when you're mad. So don't go memorizing them. Number two, don't be ruled by self. Don't be ruled by self. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Verse 22 says to actually do what the Word of God commands. Can you imagine if every person in every church all over the world 
did what the Bible said to do. Could you imagine that? This world would have a ton of Christians. And no church would be low in attendance. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You know, people focus a lot on on conversions, just converting others. And today they don't even focus on that. But what is forgotten in all of this is called discipleship. Why? Well, I believe it comes down to one thing, selfishness. We're a nation of selfish people. First, we don't want to do what the Scriptures say in our lives. We don't want to do what the Scriptures say about our character and our actions because that causes us to give ourselves up and embrace Christ's life, His character, His actions. Secondly, discipleship takes time. It requires a person to be with you, to see who you are. Think about the 12 disciples. They traveled with Jesus, ate with Jesus, did ministry with Jesus, and were taught by Jesus. They were with Jesus pretty much every day, all day. They did life with Jesus. Today, people don't want to give up their time. So here we are. If you want to grow as a Christian in a church, then guess what? It's past time to give ourselves yourself and myself, up for others. We need to be the salt of the world and get our lives straight and do some discipleship, folks. That's what we need. Matthew 5.13 says, well, hello, Lord. Matthew 5.13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Do you know the worst part about someone deceiving their self is? You know what the worst part is? They don't know they're deceived. Many times it's because of their own failing. Failing to examine ourselves. Examine our character, our speech, our thoughts before God. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. We discussed that in communion this morning. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now James gives us an example of what he's talking about in James chapter 1, verse 23, picking up where we left off. For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man who has observed his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. If you want to have God's blessings, 
then you need to be a doer of the Word of God and of the work, both individually and corporately as a church. Are you talking about people? Are you talking to individuals? Are you talking to people about Jesus? Are you discipling anybody? That's a biggie. You got somebody that you're purposefully around just to show them Jesus? Show them how a Christian life is supposed to be led? If not, then in actuality, you've become what I call a pew warmer. It's good to see you. Don't worry, your pew's got your rear end indented into it. You're not a doer of the work. You become useless in the kingdom of God. Get to work on yourself before God and help others get to work on themselves too. Got a little illustration for you. One afternoon, a wealthy lawyer was riding in the back of his limousine when he saw two pathetic-looking men by the side of the road eating grass. He ordered his driver to stop and got out to investigate. He asked the men, why are you eating grass? Well, we don't have no money for food, the first man replied. Well, then you must come with me to my house, insisted the lawyer. But, sir, I got a wife and three kids here, said the man. Bring them along. The second man, he exclaimed, I got a wife and six kids. Bring them as well, the lawyer proclaimed. As he headed back to his limo, they all climbed into the car. And once underway, one of the men expresses, sir, you are too kind. Thank you for taking all of us with you. And the lawyer replied, I'm most happy to do it. You'll love my place. The grass is almost a foot tall. Folks, this is what Christianity, very similar to what it has become in America and in our churches. And I use that term Christianity very loosely here. It looks like they care, but really it's about what's in it for them. I want to be entertained. I want a good preacher. I want, I want, I want. Oh, that AC is a degree too cold. That AC is a degree too high. The pews hurt my back. Me, 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 I, 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 all day long. When Christianity is about, I need Jesus. Jesus, use me. Jesus, make me into what you'd have me be. Help me to reach the people. Jesus, help them to come to know you. It's about others. It's about Jesus. Let it never be said about First Baptist Church that it's about us and what we want. Let it be said that it's about Jesus and what he wants. And lastly, we're to be ruled by purity. Ruled by purity. James chapter 1, verse 26 says, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. New Living Translation says it like this, If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God and the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. You know, I'm a teacher and I have students all the time, especially in the beginning of the year, 
that want to use the name of the Lord in vain, and it bothers me. It's become so a part of their natural speech, they don't even realize they're doing it. They always exclaim, oh my God, no, don't do that. And then they continue until I stop them and say, please don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Do you know what I hear every time? I can't help it, Mr. Kramer. To which I respond, you can control your tongue. No one can but you. You can't help it. You just have to train yourself to stop it. You can do it. Today, people have become too used to using that phrase as well as other words as a part of their communication, and they don't even think about it. Did you know that the F word amongst um, the latest generation is so common today that they use it without thinking about it? When you say to the Christian who talks this way that they can stop it, they look at you and they ask themselves, why would I stop it? That's how everybody speaks. Well, two reasons. Number one, we discussed it earlier. The scripture says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. And number two, it can ruin your testimony before others. The person inside, when you're trying to testify, you're trying to share Jesus with them, and you're using the F word, they say to themselves, why should I go to church with you? You're just like me. You do the same stuff I do. There's no difference between us. I don't need that drama added on in my life. We're supposed to be different from the world. If we just learn to control what we say, whether it's in trials or temptations, we would be a lot better off in our reflection of Jesus. You and I are the only examples of Christianity the unsaved will ever see. You and I are the only examples the unsaved will ever see. If we aren't different than what is out in the world, then our so-called religion is absolutely worthless. It makes no impact on other people. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Orphans and widows are specifically mentioned here because they had no source of income, no help. There was no social security. There was no place they could go down to to get help in their society. No, they were the ones that needed the help and didn't have anything in which to give other people. You couldn't get anything out of them. Our works before the world and those of our community should be for those who can't do anything for you. There's no quid pro quo here. Our work should be for those who truly need a hand up. Too often churches and pastors only seem to do the things for the more higher up folks in their midst, financially speaking. That should never be the case, and let it never be said of this church. We should be reaching everyone. Not just those that have some kind of social status in order to make ourselves look more important. That's called playing church. And around here, we don't play church. We are the church. That honor you were going to give the rich man, how about giving it to the poor man first? James also says that we're to keep ourselves unspotted by the world, to be holy. Holiness isn't talked about anymore. 1 Peter 1.16 says, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Holiness isn't mentioned anymore today. Yet it's one of the most important concepts to understand for the Christian life. 
To sum this up, a person's religion before God should consist of true selfless actions and purity from the world's moral impurity. In other words, don't be selfish and be holy before God because he is holy. Be ye holy for I am holy, he says. The Christian is to be ruled by purity, not selfishness, and definitely not wrath. Do we fail? Sure we do. The problem comes when we stay there and see no problem in it. Because you have two sides, your church self and the rest of the weak self. They should be the same. Be authentic. We want authentic Christianity. How about you today? As the ladies come.